Defense contractors have to keep their eyes and ears open this week. New rules for cybersecurity, a new rule on Chinese telecom equipment, and a loaded-up National Defense Authorization Bill chock-full of contractor provisions. Joining me with the rundown, the Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council, Alan Chavotkin. Alan, good to have you back. And uh, let's start with the CMMC, the uh, Certification for Cybersecurity. They're up to what version now? 0.7 is actually about the fourth version of the standard, uh, leading to hopefully a final standard early in the new year, 1.0. That's interesting because they're calling it 0.7, which means it's not even to the beyond the beta stage really yet. And tell us what this is all about for contractors. Well, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, the CMMC that you refer to, is an initiative by the Department of Defense to require all contractors um, at the prime contract level primarily, but also flow down to subcontractors, to achieve a certain level of uh, capability. Uh, There are five defined levels in that model. Uh, And this is really about uh, cyber hygiene, uh, depending on the nature of the networks involved in the Defense Department contracting and the data that the department decides needs to be protected. Uh, level one being basic, uh, level five being for the most sophisticated and high-risk contracts that the department awards. Sure. So in getting to 0.7 of the first version of this, is the government tactic to kind of release these ideas leading to the final first version such that industry can comment and weigh in as they go? Yes. This is the third or fourth iteration of the standards that we've seen. Earlier versions, uh, 0.6 covered levels one through three, uh, open for public comment. This version, uh, all 190 pages of it uh, released in 0.7, covered both uh, levels four and five as well as revisions uh, to levels one through three. The good news is, uh, first of all, this is a lot of material to, to get through must admit that I'm not all the way through it yet. Uh, But it's clear that they've reduced the uh, burden, uh, clarified many of the standards. And so uh, this is clearly an evolution, but taking into account the public comments. As you said, they're going to accept public comments. There's not a formal rulemaking on this version uh, because the, the department is pushing hard to finalize these standards by early January. All right, so some reading for the holidays. <laughs> Not the kind of reading I guess people wanted, but that's the way it is in the public sector. And in a related issue, at least related in terms of cybersecurity, the Section 889, which was an earlier defense authorization provision banning the acquisition of certain Chinese telecom equipment, there's a development there too. There is. When the first interim rule was issued in August implementing the regula- in- implementing the statutory change, uh, it required that for every offer that was submitted, uh, the offeror had to represent or certify, but actually the word is represent, uh, that they did that fully complied and that none of the products or services offered in the performance of the contract uh, were being uh, included products or services from uh, Huawei, ZTE, or a number of other Chinese firms. Uh, the rule then uh, was uh, had other issues and we've commented on them from the professional services council but we highlighted in our initial comments on the interim rule the unnecessary burden being imposed by this offer by offer uh representation and uh the 
FAR Council had uh, er, considered asking for comments on a, uh, an alternative standard, possibly an annual certification, because overwhelmingly uh, very few companies will have any impact with uh, with this um, prohibited products or services. And so last Friday, in a second interim rule, uh, the FAR Council uh, provided for that uh, annual certification uh, representation by offerors, vendors, through the uh, SAM.gov uh, database, uh, and thus relieving contractors of the burden of having to uh, represent their status on a case-by-case basis. That's a good uh, good change. We uh, we strongly uh, urge for that to take place expeditiously. They did move expeditiously to do that, and uh, we welcome it. It doesn't alleviate the problems in the underlying rule. There's still a lot of ambiguity of what's covered, who's covered, and how they're covered. Uh, but at least as to the representation, this should relieve the burden for an awful lot of companies, uh, particularly smaller firms. We're speaking with Alan Chavotkin, Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council. And let's move on to the National Defense Authorization Act. Finally, looks like it's going to be law in reality. Uh, what's some of the provisions that you're watching that apply to acquisition and contractors in that one? There's always a few. Well, always a few is an understatement. This is a 3,700-page bill uh, cover to cover. Uh, that includes both the legislative text and the explanatory material. And so there are lots of provisions uh, to, to cover. Uh, there are several that, that we've been uh, watching carefully. Uh, first of all, to go back to the uh, CMMC discussion, there is a statutory requirement for the Department of Defense to develop a framework for cybersecurity maturity models. Uh, that'll provide some legislative underpinning for what has to date been uh, primarily in a, a departmental initiative. Uh, so that's a, a important development and uh, requiring, of course, DOD reports as well as a report by the Government Accountability Office. Uh, there are provisions regarding small business contracting. Uh, there are provisions to accelerate payments uh, by uh, the Department of Defense for uh, small businesses who serve as subcontractors uh, to a company who's otherwise not small, to a large business prime. And that's a, a provision that we've been a, a strong supporter of and pushing for the last couple of years as well. Uh, that's a, and, and, again, we're still trying to work our way through the innumerable provisions. Uh, it's also interesting that this bill repeals some uh, former good ideas, uh, there was a provision in the FY18 National Defense Authorization Act uh, that would have required the Department of Defense to create its own cost accounting standards board. Uh, fortunately, this uh, Congress repeals that requirement before the, the board was ever stood up. So uh, there was a delay in the effective date from that FY18 bill. Uh, this bill repeals that. So now the good news is the department doesn't have to create its own cost accounting standards board. The cost accounting standards are complicated enough with one body creating them. We certainly didn't need to. Plus, they have trouble cost accounting under the system they do have. Well, that's exactly right. It's a, for, uh, for the immutable laws of accounting, they're still very complex in the government accounting world. So this is something that people should look at also. Are all of the procurement-related provisions that you mentioned, the small business and so forth, are they all in the 800 series of provisions? Regrettably not. Uh, so it's hard to find uh, them all. We've, <laughs> well, we've 
sort of run out of numbers uh, in the 800 series. We've gone to 800 to letters, uh, but the number of provisions are scattered throughout the legislation. The, the cybersecurity uh, provision is in uh, Title 16. Some of the small business provisions are, uh, are elsewhere. Uh, so that uh, that makes it a, a challenge. I mean, even the table of contents is 40 pages. But the good news is that uh, the Senate uh, hopefully will take up the bill sometime today. That would be great. And uh, the president has said he'll sign the bill. It's also good news. Uh, 58 years running that the Congress has passed and the president has signed a National Defense Authorization Act. This should be 59 and uh, may, we look forward to celebrating the 60th anniversary of annual defense authorization bills next year. All right. Alan Chavotkin is Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council. As always, thank you for reading the stuff that we don't have to. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive, and we do read it, actually. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.